Tabletop Time. I am Jen and I am playing Catalina, the beautiful Tunisian woman who's going through some emotional trauma and is ready to kick some butt. <laughs> I'm Delvin and I can hope I can keep my friends safe, if they're willing to call me that, long enough to see us rescue a poor little girl from the clutches of someone evil. And if I get to carve his face off in the process, well, that'll just be a little buzz for me. little bonus. I'm Jazza, who's narrating this season and is quite excited that you think you've gone through emotional trauma now. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, uh-uh. I got two more, at least two more episodes to uh, outdo myself. <clears throat> That's mean. <laughs> I am Rob. And I play Brick, a feeling called bodyguard slave who is currently struggling with a bit of an identity crisis due to the warring motivations of servitude and service. Well spoken. We begin at the breakfast table of the Rusty Ale Tavern. It's a little quieter today. It's bustling outside. You've both had, you've all had a very restful day prior and a restful sleep. Uh, It's not great lodgings, but given the (laughs) massages and food and treatment and drinks that you guys had, it was no problem going to to bed in the stiff, creaky, slightly springy beds that, uh, that you wake up from. You got a humble little breakfast in front of you. It does the job. Nothing all that fancy and you're polishing up. Um, Critical question. Please. Are we <laughs> replenished, sir? You're fully, you are fully replenished Hooray. in health and magic. Okay. Everything's Not in up. destiny. It is on. This is important to cover. That is important to cover. I think not in Destiny, but mm-hmm. you count. haven't spent Destiny last turn and you all got a Destiny. So I'm going to leave it at that, I think. True. So I've got one Destiny. True. Yes, I cool, also cool. have one Destiny. I'm capped. Oh, you, you you're full? You've been saving yeah, up? <laughs> toss a few. Toss a few to you. Person? I don't know. There's a cool joke there. Because the Witcher thing? Yeah. Right. I feel so I good to... I'm not a witch, so... <laughs> it feels so good to go onto World Anvil and just without worrying about tabs, without worrying about people looking over my shoulder, just open the Sparrow character sheet mm. and just look at that. Straight up. 6'2", mm. body type, Spider-Man. That's a good plug for, <laughs> for World Anvil, just saying. Which one? Hmm? Which one? Obviously not Tom Holland. Oh! <laughs> Fit Andrew Garfield, I guess. Okay. From the new movie. I mean, whoops, <laughs> if you haven't seen that already. In the corner of the tavern, as you guys there. are sort of wrapping up your breakfast, the door creaks open and everyone sort of goes a little bit quiet uh, as an iron guard sort of steps in sheepishly. Someone Delvin recognises and has actually told Catalina and Brick about. And he uh, seeks out Collar fairly in fairly short order and just sort of mumbles a few things. He looks uncomfortable to be in the building and in a short period of time he sort of wanders back out. He sort of has other places to be. And Collar then comes up to the table and says, Well, that's a bit of interesting news. It's nice to have a messenger. Thanks again for that. There's a um, friend of yours, uh, Russell, in the guard. Um, anyways... My guard just told me that um, an iron guard by the name of Russell will be passing through in this area, taking the long route out of town towards Geldervale at noon. Well, I think you've got your information wrong about our iron guard there. I think he's a grey guard captain, but unless he's got a promotion. Well, I don't know the fucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got my iron guard. It's probably only fair if you have your own. 
Fair. All right. Well, um, I've got well, I've got something to do in town before we go. If um, we got time. It's not what I think it is, is it? I want to pay a visit to. How you feel about your old crush these days? Roll a perception check. Challenge level three. Actually, I'm going to go against his deception. All right. Let's, give him, let's give him you a shot. I got three. Okay. I think it's only fair he gets to... He got three. Oh, that's a Ooh. re-roll, Roll baby. Beep. Keep it. Hey. Four. <laughs> okay, three. Most people wouldn't notice it, but you've sort of picked up on his mannerisms. Um, and culturally, you can then sort of dig in a little bit. He immediately responds by going, oh, I don't, you know, know nothing about no broads ever going to bore me. You do what you have to do. But you can tell this is probably one of his more serious heartbreaks that is like trying to bury away. Okay. Anyway, um, I don't suppose I'll be seeing you all around uh, much longer if you're heading out at midday. We've got a lot of work to do here and, uh, well, you're off to uh, a death trap as I hear it, but... We may never meet again. May never, but you know what? I think the sparrow will be around. That's right. And if I can do one parting gift to Cragmouth, it'll be trying to convince your old flame that the resistance is worth supporting from the inside. Well, I'm quite excited to stretch my legs again. We've got uh, some caverns out by the salty river to um, go in- investigate. A bit of cargo to try and, you know... Subtly carry, but sounds like a euphemism. Like it's she's trying to hint at something completely different than what he's actually going to do. So I'm <laughs> yeah. kind of like, okay. you know, what the is salty this yeah. salty river? I am intrigued. <laughs> Cragmouth, the city is at the craggy mouth of the river as it meets the ocean and sort of washes in. Sure, there you go. Okay. That's what that is. Yeah, okay, okay. Sure. so and he sort of wanders off, and and uh, your dishes are then collected. And I, I mean, I guess Elijah is with you too. She's just uh, finished oh, up and great. Um, so our, our plans are. Um, Do you think you'll be <coughs> helpful with? Well, I mean, last we talked last night, you didn't seem like we could have make you not go to Geldervale. I want to be there when Medela is out. I, I would like to take care of her, but. There is some information I could share with you, uh, either on the journey or if you need me out of the way before you go. I see no reason we can't travel together. Hmm. I know there are more districts in Geldervale that would be more suited to Hmm. tolerating me if I were to stay there for a longer period than in Cragmouth. Most certainly. Hmm. All right. Well, I shall be in my room for a few hours. We'll go, uh, <coughs> sort out my business. Mm. I guess it feels good to freely talk about it, but, um, if you'd mind, I could fill you in if we want to head upstairs. Catalina sips some of her tea that she's drinking and kind of goes, mm-hmm. All right. So you're willing to come up to the room with me? Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. I think I will go and get some early morning training in. All right. I, actually, I'm going to join you. That's going to help me cause. 
and Dalvin goes out as okay. well. I'm, I'm not going to get Come chat with me. Ooh, tangent. Jazza? <laughs> <laughs> I'll fill you in. I'll fill you in as soon as I've got my pomp on. <laughs> okay. Sure. And then I go work out. I watch them. I'm not going to join them this time. Stepping outside. It's a, you know, not the widest alleyway ever, but definitely enough room to to get to your carter. Both of you make a combat roll. Do you want to make your assistive roll first? I'm not doing a carter. Oh, you're just oh. doing your so warm-up. for the first time ever cool. in like a, in the... So he's so, doing this war dance and you're doing like walking lunges and like... No. <laughs> Del- Del- Delvin um, finds like in the alleyway, just as usual, he always finds things. So whether it's like a sturdy um, mm. metal rail for something or something yeah. like that. And he just... one arm pull-ups. And- yeah, but completely shirt off, just wearing like tight-fitting trousers is just like doing like one-arm pull-ups pull ups and like crunches. And- Are you trying to show off? Just Are no, you following him outside? You- I'm watching him outside. <laughs> you get the feeling that yeah. this is just what okay, he does. That's cool. Mm. And, um, and, and completely doing like... Everything is like calisthenics. It's all body work, but it's really effective acrobatic yeah. body work in theory. Practical they, fitness. Practical what fitness. What role are you going to make? I guess acrobatics makes the most sense. Yeah. I'm just not amazing. I'm not amazing with it, but let's see how yeah, I go. Yeah, acrobatics check. See, too many big sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've been very rested. So with two successes, it's not the most agile you've been. Look, it's it's above average, mm. uh, but, um, you know, you're aware you need to sort of wake your body up into being action ready. Yeah. Meanwhile, our friend Brick. Oof. Oh, boom, 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 boom. Eight. In swells of motion, the war dance is both terrifying and beautiful. Take us through your your approach. Uh, Brick's Carter today, knowing what he has on, is as close to, like, procedural perfection as possible. So it might be a little bit less flowy, but it's sharper. Mm. It's it, it hits more so that if he was fighting an enemy, you, you can see where the the gracefulness from like a, a professional fighter that's showing off is just lost. This is purely moves designed to kill. Yep. Yeah. The brutality shows. Yep. And uh, this looks like a man who is ready to, to do what it takes to get a job done. Any observations there, Catalina? <laughs> um, I'm actually going to pen a letter to my mother. I know that I'm well aware she doesn't want to talk to me, but I want to basically say, um, is there any news on father? Okay. And that's, that's literally it. Cool. And cause I know, I don't know what's going to happen the next couple of days. So yeah. yeah. Sounds good. All right. The workout is done. Uh, you're both nice and sweaty and, and getting fired up. Good. Okay. What's next? I'm storming inside with cat. Well, come going inside. Hastily. All right, about that plan. Mm-hmm. Yes. Come up to me room. Okay. All right, so you go up. Yeah. Delvin pulls on, like, I wipe off the sweat and clean yeah. myself up a bit. Pulls on a, um, gets goes through his bags and pulls on a very nice shirt, a white shirt, and, like, buttons it and leaves it, like, three buttons undone so that he's, like, 
pecs muscles are just like pushing through like clearly this is like a peacocking sort of outfit which you've never seen him wear um and he kind of messes his hair up in the mirror and like makes it look nice and he's trying to make himself look quite appealing and he's like um there's plenty of costumes under my belt and this is one i don't pull out very often but the story goes uh the mayor his wife Fox Collar, actually, back in the day, about <laughs> ten years ago, and um, well, held a torch for the resistance at the time. Something about the fancy of young, hot resistance fighters setting a fire in the well. I don't know how old lady, but the lady didn't really think about that. But anyway, um, <clears throat> and uh, I'm gonna go talk to her, see if I can relight that fire and tell her that Collar's back up again and maybe she should spark the old nostalgic romance get the fires burning isn't it mm, are you sure that's a wise idea I mean that sounds like an affair what yeah. yes Catalina <laughs> that's exactly what it is I doubt she'll be wanting to seal the deal with me this morning in a brief window of time. But Collar hopefully will be out. What? What? what, what why is it? Why is that a problem? Uh, perhaps I'm not mm, well versed in your uh, customs. Oh well, she's already done it right. Being unfaithful. Uh, so me taking advantage of her unfaithfulness isn't really um. Well, that's just me doing what I do. Taking advantage of people's weakness to get what I want. Catalina takes like a deep breath and just kind of says, Whatever you believe is good for the cause. What do you want out of this? Well, <clears throat> she's the mayor's wife. She holds a lot of sway, and rumor has it that he's a bit of a milksop. He kind of does whatever she says, and he's a pushover. Guess that's why she got so bored with him. But the idea being that if she can incite, you know, some resources to move into different areas or some civic uplifting of certain properties, it would make the resistance here and the future Underground Railroad a lot more effective. Well, Rick, <laughs> is there anything that you wish to do in town? Uh. It is not important, but we did put an order in for some gloves. Oh. But I cannot pay for them. Oh, well. <laughs> the <funny laughs> you are right. He's putting on like the puppy dog face and everything. <laughs> I love that. So. Um, Don't worry about me. It's yeah. just something I want. <laughs> I promise to get you them and I'll hold to it. Let's pick up those gloves. And I've got to pick up something too. Fantastic. Now. Well. About the old honey jar, or whatever they call these things. I look around the room for honey. It's just an old watch term for seducing people. Don't worry about it. Oh. It's my plan. Off you go. All right. Town is definitely bustling. Uh, there's been a lot of motion, and it seems there are some out-of-towners arriving from the capital as you reach sort of the town square and head out. Um not to stay, though. There's just sort of movement, and you're getting the sense that this spy run is a you know nationwide thing that a lot of people are sort of having, heading towards. It's meant to be happening next week. Um, so this is just sort of the journey for a lot of those people heading over. 
but also the locals. There's a lot of stuff happening. In fact, everyone roll a perception check. We'll give you stuff based on what you roll. Ah, what's this? My hand holding all my dice (laughs) and rolling them. That is what happened in getting... Two successes. It doesn't matter because I got to roll them all. I didn't have neg one for the first time in some... Nice. (laughs) I keep injuring myself. Four for Kelly. Five. Five. Okay. Wow. Two. Rob and so I what's united. On, yeah, what's on Brick and Delvin's minds that you're not quite... Uh, Fucking nothing, apparently. Delvin is actually paying 100%, I was thinking, like, 100% attention, glancing at people and seeing if they're looking at him. That awkward, like, were they looking at me? Did they look at me? Did they notice me? Like, he's yeah. going... Because he's never, well, very rarely out like this in public, and he's... Seeing like in sexy mode. I'm like, I never get to do this. Am I attractive? I don't know. Aww. Aww. Does Catalina look at him? She thinks he's all right. <laughs> he looks like more uh, like refined than he usually would, but he's you know. Catalina might look at him, but I'll give you this bit of secret for you. It's the rump in his tight pants as he walks away that's more impressive than anything else. The buns of, of someone who <laughs> does a lot of squats. We can get we can get straight to the point yeah. now. <laughs> so he's got he's got them buns in tight pants right now. So that's if you were to look at anything, all I'm saying is he wouldn't see because you'd be behind him. I'm right. getting called out in chat for provoking this, but yeah. <laughs> all right. So you reach the centre of town. I'm going to say Catalina more than anyone notices that <laughs> there are... I'm sorry, was Brick going to comment on his well, Yeah, what does what does Brick think? I, my perception check, I wasn't thinking anything. Oh. About that. <laughs> so my perception check just didn't have a result. You got two. Yeah, I know, but you didn't tell me what I saw. Basically his what bum. I just said. So Galvin's ass. No. <laughs> no. Uh, just that there being a lot of animated conversation okay. for the locals. Um and you're going to assume that it would be recent events or probably the spy run. I'm going to say Catalina does pick up specific conversations between uh, between a couple of groups of people. This is very, very obscure stuff that you're sort of tuning into. A couple of groups of people that seem, are seemingly barrowing in a really whispered and quiet way in, in a way that seems to be like talking about the sparrow, but in a way that they don't want other people outside of this conversation to, to be privy to. Sure. Um, and then other conversations you gather, which are just people in town theorising about the sparrow killings and, okay. you know, the motives. And you're hearing, like, you pick up a couple of wild different things, like someone saying, you know, I heard it, it turns in, into smoke at night and that's how it gets in your house when you, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, nice. <laughs> it's, does it seem pretty, like, positive or, like, excited? Oh, it's all over the place. Okay. Except for the, for the Barrowans. Yep. It's like a, a, a mixture of fear and a hope. It's like, sure. and you're sensing, and for, as someone who reads emotions just in general, mm-hmm. it's only fearful because they're afraid to hope. Yeah, sure. Okay. Because they've been pretty like downtrodden. Down. Yeah, yeah. But sure. They're in parts of town they may not otherwise be. They're, they're sort of spreading out a little bit. Yeah, okay. You reach the centre of town. Yeah, things are bustling. The market's popping. It's probably good you got your order in, you know, when you did. Lucky. Yeah. Uh, and about garden three blocks away, there is a, a garden, you know, not too far from the mayor's property that you expect in short order the, uh, the mayor's wife will be walking through in her daily ritual. Beautiful. 
So is it is a party splitting? Well, Delvin, would you like for us to leave you to your business? I don't mind. I don't see how you're going to help, though. If well, you want to observe, you're welcome to and step in if I fail. I do not think that I would be very useful in this particular endeavor. Perhaps not. I'll leave you to it. All right, well, do you want to sort out brick with, I throw, hand some coins to can, the thing. I can pay for it, it's fine. I have my own money, <clears throat> thank you. All right, well, um, I'm going to talk to brick about this one, and, um, sorry, I believe that you'd be perfectly capable of it. Anyway, so, um, <clears throat> I need probably five or six more strips for the center torso of my brigandine, uh, good quality uh, steel. I'm going to need, and it go like some rivets of the, and I just go through like equipment list that you, but Brick would just completely understand and Catalina would glaze over, I'm guessing would glaze over pretty quickly, like lapping oil and put like sure. knife, yeah. like flint, new fresh flint for my knife, like all these like list of equipment. Um, and I'm going to upgrade my armor if I can. I'd like to, I'd like to go from having one point of armor to two points of armor. I'm going to roll a destiny to see what's available in Mm -hmm. terms of the quality and standard that you're after. Yeah, I'm going to say they have something in stock. I'm also going to say you've been draining your finances long enough without a proper replenishment that this Mm -hmm. might be a hit to your commerce level Um, because what they have in stock is going to be expensive expensive to to suit your standards because you actually have pretty good armor to, to provide one armor and provide the movement and stuff you need. So really what you're looking at is like elite guard armor that fits under clothes, um, which they have, but it's like really okay. locked away. And I am going to, on the proviso that Delvin would be confident that if we beat Ainsley, not saying we will, or to what capacity, and take his wealth... I would be yeah. able Ta- to recoup. Take the hit of a commerce point, but you are confident that in that room you could grab one or two things and you'd be well okay. and truly compensated. Okay, so I'm going to take it. I'm going to drop a commerce level, which is big, because I want to upgrade my armor to two. Um, I want to I gear myself up to be able to not get my ass killed. What mm-hmm. is my armor? It's never really coming. I don't think you really have any. We could get you You've armor. always been wearing silk and clothes. I was about to ask the exact same. I know, I, I, know I don't have any. I'm going to say, I'm just going to say they won't have your size. Well, duh. So you got the gloves. Just like. You've ordered the gloves. Cut the head off a cow, take it inside <laughs> out, and I'll just wear it pre-cured. There's probably going to be something Ooh. in Geldervale. It's a, I don't know. It's a, I don't know. Mm. Mm. <laughs> That's all right. I got thick skin. Yeah. It's Delvin's the sort of thing thick. you really need to sort of like, you know, commission a blacksmith yeah, yeah, yeah. or, you know, a leather worker to do. Do you have your shopping list? It is quite expensive. I'm hoping that they will have everything in stock, but time will tell. Hmm. All right. So use get shopping. Meanwhile, we'll Ooh. trickle away with Delvin off to the garden. The birds are chirping. It's a lovely sunny morning. Cool. And you notice on the far side of the garden, sitting at a bench that seems to be sort of like kept empty. People sort of avoid it and it seems to be that because of who she is, people know to give her a space in this in this time. Mm-hmm. Which might mean you would assume that it would be uh, perhaps out of order to approach her. 
but maybe this ritual's gone long enough or, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you could risk it. But What's she look like? She's facing away from you. Um, you can't tell. I'm going to get you to roll a perception check. Given you're at the other side of the garden. Three. Okay. She glances down as she sort of tries to feed some of the birds and crumbs on the ground. You see from the side of her face, she looks sort of in her early 40s, um, hair pulled back, quite proper, really actually quite beautiful. Hmm. Um, she looks great. And, um, that's, that's everything you notice. She's wearing sort of fairly like a mix of white and lavender, almost a little, uh, what's the word? Who's the one that writes all those bloody Jane Austen-esque? A little bit of that. Cool. All right. I'm going to approach slowly and, uh, I, you know what? Because Dave is not charming or uh, inspiring, I'm going to roll. First of all, I want to roll an infiltration check to basically look like a wistful, a wistful sort of soul that's just walking through the park and would like look at the birds and you know that kind of like yep. romance novel character is basically who I'm trying to present myself. Like yeah. Silk sop. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's my challenge level? Ooh. I'm going to include your outfit and the peacocking and all of this stuff in this because you haven't technically rolled for that. I want to say challenge level three. Okay. All of it together into one performance. Uh, four successes. It. Okay, I'll do it. You did nail it. And uh, I'm going to say as you're sort of near and close, and you're doing this in a way that you're hoping to catch her attention, but not in an overt way. Yeah, yeah. just walk over near like a tree right next to the park bench and looking at the birds as well. So I'm going to say that as your sort of performance comes to fruition... You, you you feel like that spark of, of all right, this is working, as mm-hmm. you notice, like, she's there to observe beautiful things. That's her ritual. Mm-hmm. And she starts sort of shifting her attention surreptitiously in your direction and observes a beautiful thing. Okay. Yes, I've never been called a beautiful thing before. Um, and as I notice her attention in a sort of gentle but confident, like, I catch her gaze, hold it and smile, um, but not in a overly confident way, just a little bashful smile. Look at the um, birds again and I just say, um, beautiful day for it, my lady. It is these times. Heading off to the races, I assume. I might just. I'm uh, fairly new to town, but I've got a lot of old friends here. Just passing through then? Frequently, From the city? I hope. I'm actually from further north, if you catch my drift. Although I don't speak too loudly about it, these streets can be hostile. You don't strike me as a baron. Is that what you mean, sir? Uh, Yes, I... If you put it plainly like that, I am from the barrows. Roll a perception check. (laughs) My God, has she got a weird (laughs) barrow and thing? Uh, Okay. Two. Two? Oof. You... I'm just going to say... You notice a mild adjustment in her expression, but that's all. Well, from far north down into Kragmuth of all places. Well, um... For a barrow, and that's an odd choice. There isn't a good history here for your people, I'm afraid to say. Oh, well, um... I believe in changing the future, 
so we don't repeat the mistakes of the past. Alas, there are fancies of people with much greater power than we could ever hope to have that turn the tides of these great cities. I lean against a tree, letting the, the you know, just thoughtfully, um, and then say, Oh, but is there really any power stronger than the beaten hearts of those with strong convictions? Well, love, of course, is a power that um, I don't think even this King of Flames could comprehend. Have you ever been in love? She says she's got like a challenging smirk on her face. Like, okay, we're being playful now. Okay. Um, Not with a person, only with a people. I find someone in my line of work can't afford to get too tied up. And while I yearn for something and a one day, a home and a hearth, it's not the life for me. It's the life for those I leave behind. Roll a perception check. <laughs> I feel like I'm just like fulfilling a romance novel uh, you like, really are I think you, oh you uh, okay. Devin, the man you of mystery. definitely notice as you're talking she, her eyes sort of glaze over a little bit in a way that seems to be remembering mm. because it seems like the the things you're saying must remind her of someone you just pick up on that and I may or may not be what you're hinting towards but mm. you even just from reading her probably get the vibe if she's the one who had this history with collar. Maybe he was a little more like me. Swashbuckling. Maybe he was a little more handsome mm. when he wasn't scarred and, and a broken man. And what about you, my lady? Have well, you ever been in love? Oh, that sort of thing is rather silly, don't you think? I mean, we it's fun to think about, and surely, yes, a... The love of a family or a mother is, is very powerful. But love between, well, lovers, I think it's a, a foolish pursuit. Oh. But love lifts us up where we belong. <laughs> All you need is love. <laughs> um, sorry, I couldn't help myself. Elephant medley just popped into my head. Um, but... Surely, um, one as lovely as yourself hasn't managed to avoid such a thing for so long. I've been happily married for some many years. And at my age, I'm certainly not looking for anything different and very grateful for what I have. But I do, she sort of blushes, have fun fancies sometimes reading those very silly novels and Daydreaming is, well, people do sometimes. Escapism at its finest, but we live in a reality and it can be a harsh one. Well, I look wistful, forlorn, a little bit sad. I've heard, I've recently come back from um, closer to the city and I must say I think times are changing. 
I think there's dark days ahead. Bloody days. Oh? Terrible days. War. Yes, this town is certainly shaken up in recent days. What have you heard of the city? I shouldn't say. Oh, do. You have my attention. And she sort of shuffles across and makes room on her bench. Delvin, like, looks around, making a a bit obvious that I'm (laughs) trying to avoid people noticing me. And I'm like, oh, but my words could be um, tantamount to treason. Were I to say them. Seeing if that cheekiness is enough to be, make her like lean in closer, or if she's gonna step back, she sort of glances down at the seat on the empty bench beside her. I would never encourage treasonous conversation, but of course, the expression of ideas, passions is a noble thing, at least in concept. Well, um. Of course, this is only fierce rumour and there'd be no truth in it from our honourable king. Are you sitting next to her at this point? I do. I go in and sit next to her, arm over the back of the chair, leaning back. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do hear that... Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. There was a fire in the city, an iron spire. Oh, Yes, in fact, um, many of our uh, higher-profile military have been taken to fill some recently made vacant positions. Well, I only as a theory. I've heard for some people who are very close to the source. I have my network, of course. Um who say that it was a fire of magical proportions, not the like that has been seen since Felton. And then I name like three other towns that Mm -hmm. the fire is, the king's attacks have happened in, supposedly. And that the spire guard themselves were the target. I had feared were something like that to be true... Well, what can common people do? (laughs) But wander in the garden and admire the beauty while it's here for those with too much power for their own good to take it away. Well, I say make the memories today that you want to wistfully sit back and think about tomorrow because you've only got today. She sort of glances across at you and sort of looks you up and down a little bit. She says, It's okay, I've got my share of those already. Living memories? They're there. 
perhaps buried somewhat, but they're there. Well, how do I turn it? Well, I truly hope that when things do get dire, that it doesn't come down hard on the people, the barren people that live in this town. They're repressed enough as it is. Unfortunately, while I have shared your sentiments, it's rather frustrating working against the sentiments of the military and guard who are outside of my direct purview, or my husband's, I should say. She sort of catches herself. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, times are changing. I know, I agree, I will say. Things do seem to be changing. I saw a shift in the town today. As have I. Even she says, and she's like holding her eyes at this point. Even guard patrols in the barrow and parts, but not not to hurt, but to protect. And well, there was a lively tavern down there. People seemed full of hope. It's the rusty something. Um <laughs> She goes, she almost went to fill the gap of what you just said and mm. you just, you notice her stop herself. She like, do you know many people in town when you speak of your network? Uh, only the people uh, around the tavern I was staying at. Um, it seemed a bit out of the way, but it was cheap. That was the, the rusty, God, what's it called? The rusty something, rusty ale? I've only been there last night, but anyway... They were, there was a party of sorts last night, I tell you what. What what sorts of people were, were there? It was like... It was like a reunion of friends. It felt great to be in. You know, the party that you weren't invited to, but everyone makes you feel welcome. Old comrades clutching arms and giving hugs and beer flowing freely and... Yeah, and a commanding presence in the room at... Well, he seemed to dominate the party, but it it was cool. It was a good time, anyway. Interesting. Well, it was lovely to meet you, stranger. Um, If you happen to attend any more such parties, I hope you enjoy yourself. My evenings are rather dull these days. Perhaps I should liven them up by going for a walk on my balcony as I used to. That should be fun. All right. Well, I wish you a lovely day. I'm afraid I must go. What was your name again? Delvin. Well met, Delvin. And yours? I didn't catch it. It's uh, Mavis. Mavis. Well, I truly wish you all the joys in the world in this coming time. And um, I hope you can have as much fun as the people had last night in the tavern and find your spark... Anyway, um, and, um, well, I really hope people have an all right time of it here, and, anyway, hope to be back one day. See, the smiling face is still smiling. Indeed. Good day, Delvin. I'm going to head off. And she walks off. I will definitely be stopping at the pub before I go now. <laughs> all right. Meanwhile, Brick and Catalina have been shopping. 
quite successfully. Everything's, you know, as it needs to be. And, and you know, Delvin's forked out yeah. financially. So you've got everything you need, including a nice shiny set of armor that has been... Uh, there's actually a couple of shopkeepers that have had to sort of like, you know, figure out how they're going to do their stock shifting and whatnot, because this is one item that has been reserved. And a few people had a little bit of different stock in, in terms of who was going to sell what, but it was hard to get a hold of. It's a very expensive piece and it's really meant for like high, high, high level noble protection. Mm -hmm. And they have it. Uh, might even need a little bit of size changing. So I'm going to say they will have done that in that period of time as well. Probably took Delvin's measurements before he ducked off. Cool. So um, you now have a lot of gear. Cool. Just <laughs> keep I'll it straightforward. You've got your gloves. They fit perfectly. Sort of that firm leather feeling. So they're, they're going to take wearing in. They're not comfortable and you'll probably blister up a, a little bit at first. Mate, I got thick skin. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. They got spiky knuckles, yeah? That was the whole point. Embedded metal They've knuckles. They've got rivets and yeah. Oh, yeah. Someone's going to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Great. Great. They and look it, wonderful on you. <laughs> thank you. Do we get any shit from shopkeepers? Because we're two foreigners in a race. No, well, city. you'd met them before. Okay. You actually yeah, had fair. been in there, hadn't caused any trouble. There have been other things in town and they're super busy. So yeah. they're actually really to the point. Cool. Um, and quite happy to take your money because there's a lot of it. Um, then I thank them profusely and politely. Thank pleasure for doing business and not causing any more trouble in this town. It's enough activity for a lifetime the last few days. I will make sure to do your work proud. I like you. <laughs> well, lady. Um, <laughs> I actually wanted to ask a question. I am looking for a pair of braces, probably leather. Um, I see. Just do you sell anything like that or know where I can? Okay, you've got... Do I need to... From over the road, how can no, I help you? Dave, do I need to buy you braces? Every character we play in... You're like, I want some braces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Is this for an armor purpose? Yes. It's, I don't think braces. You're going to need more than braces. Yeah, you're going to need more than braces. That's fine. What is he willing to offer me that I can fully have a you pointed wanna, you armor? You want a pointed armor? Yeah. Um, I'm going to destiny roll. Sure. 12. Yeah, okay. You can get a pointed armor and you will have done this like while you're in there. Done Great. your shopping and stuff. What? How many points in commerce do you have? Four. Okay, you're good. You're yeah. only have four. Yeah. Huh. For, I don't for, live off mum's you, you money. You won't produce a point in commerce, <laughs> but you'll be sort of like... On the edge. Yeah. yeah, no, that's cool. That's um, cool. But they do get something and they sort of size hey. it size it up for you and uh, trim it. So I'm going to say, like, specifically, what, what are we looking for? I think you'd be like, you could do some braces, but I think, like, if you're looking to wear uh, things under your clothes... Uh, yeah, can I get, like... Not like a gambeson, because that's too too much. Too much. Like a leather bodice say, or something. Yeah, you, you can a vest. Do you want some actual yeah. actual terms? Is that what yeah? Yeah, sure. So realistically, if you actually want armor, like leather armor, unless there's special like Dracow leather that actually provides, it's not. You're probably looking at either having a breastplate or a chainmail shirt. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say okay. it, would, it would most likely be chainmail. That's cool. That's cool. cool. I'm happy to go with that. So it would just be a light chainmail shirt underneath, like a yep. over and under. And it would be more like a chainmail vest for protection and your braces. But yeah. I imagine especially because you do a lot of like socialising, you're not trying to look yeah, like a protector. Yeah. They're more like elegant. And in fact, 
they do a little bit of leather work and some flourishes to make it look a little more cosmetic because you sort of seem to hint at that that's what you're after. Thanks. So it's like more cosmetic and pretty braces and they even sort of dye the edges for you just to get a little bit of that purple in there. Yay. Um, oh. And a chain sort of tank top, <laughs> basically. <laughs> nice. And I'm going to just for the fan artists out there say that because for me to lose commerce, which is fine, because I have been spending money, but I just want to say a very fancy horse, vehicle, a nice home, extravagant weapon, full plate on my bodyguard. So I just want to say for the fan artists, this is just, I can Delvin have just got like a really, like his brigandine velvet, like line, like just, so it he's is. just up, it's like really fine quality and he's kind of upgraded to his like level two Batman. This is suit. the level of like armor for protection for people who protect like high level, like cool. counselors. Just want to look cool. That's so just, that Rick is in rags. Just double checking. That's one point in armor for me. Yeah. Now yeah. I've got. This. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Cool. Great. Shopping Great done, and you step outside, Thank and Delvin you. sort of approaches and can pick up his armor. Try it on. Great thing about chainmail is if you killed two guards in chainmail, you could just break one set of links and then relink a set of links, and you just have a giant like chainmail <laughs> moo moo. <laughs> I mean, that might maybe will fit me. <laughs> All right, so let's fast track yeah. back yep. to the I rusty get, we get ale. The gear, head back to the rusty ale, pop in, get our stuff, and I would like to Gear briefly up. talk to Collar. Yeah, he sort of stomps in. Um, it's like oh, I was hoping I might run into you before you disappear out of my life forever. Well, I'll be back if I can, but I sure hope so. You're entertaining to say the least. Well, I've got some more entertainment for you, hopefully. And what's that? I had a little chat. Your old acquaintance. Ah, yeah. Uh, how'd that go then? She seemed incredibly wistful and very, very keen on old memories. <laughs> sure, she did. In fact, different she, lifetime. In, She's. In fact, she said to me that she might. I don't know if this means anything to you, but after I said all the fun that I had down in the here with all the lively people and the reunions, she said she might take a walk on her balcony a few times. And see if she could have as much fun up there. I don't know if that means anything to you, but... Fuck off. That's what she said, mate. I don't make a habit of You tell of her you know me? No. Well, she's having you on. She wouldn't. She doesn't know anything to have me on. Uh, does that mean something to you? The last time I was on her balcony, I waited. And I waited. And she never showed, and... Not long after that, I ended up looking I got put through a meat grinder, so I can't imagine she'd uh, quite want to see me again, to be honest. I'd just disappoint, lass. Well, from the amount of women I've seen coming out of your bedroom looking less than disappointed, I'd say you can more than make up for those few scars with a bit of action. <sighs> Barrow and whores are a different kettle fish. This, I know, uh, they're a much better lay than a great end woman. Yeah, but she's... <laughs> Oh, they write about ones like her. Well, look, let me give you this one bit of good advice. As my dad actually told me. Hey, maybe I should wear a mask. Serves you well. Maybe you should wear... Maybe a scarf. And he's sort of like... He's <laughs> being really self-conscious. He's like... Right. Like, holds his hand up to his, like, his, his scar. And he, he, he's looking really awkward. You've never seen him like this before. Age has a way of making people think about things differently, and she's ten years older too. Though will she say she was a looker? Yeah, I know. Nothing. I'm foolish enough to have a look from time to time. 
see where I was lost. It's the only thing that gets me outside every now and then. <laughs> it's the only fucking thing that kept me in town, to be honest. Should have left a long time ago when, in fact, I um, made her believe I had. Well, I'd love to spend a day drinking with you and getting through this. And I'd love to get to know it better. You got your own stuff to worry about. Let me worry about my own. Well, I got to get tough with you for a second, Collar. And how's that? Well, the way I see it, you can go up there. Uh, Maybe tonight when she's thinking about my little visit. And if she's there, get all your fire back. Get all your spark back. And remember what you're fighting for. I tell you, son, if she stands on that balcony the way she used to and doesn't scurry away from me if I stand on it too, then... I don't think you'll have ever seen a furnace like that in your life. <laughs> well, his, his eyes are brimming with tears. That fire and, and her heart on our side make all the difference to this town as well. Where the fuck did you come from? <laughs> what did the barrows in, in Cragmouth do to deserve you lot? He looks around the room. A Thanissian and a Phelan Cull. And a sparrow in my bar. Walking to a bar. Lighting fires again. Is that a running joke, is it? Wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Been tempted to make it a few times myself. <laughs> that oh. was a failing too, by the way. <laughs> He's like, nods over to the room. He's like, oh, yeah. I guess just waiting your knock. <laughs> well, I wish you the best. And if it doesn't turn out, if you don't have the bravery or she turns you down, well, in a way you know there's no more barriers to what you got to do. You're probably right. It's a win-win. I think so. Closure. Closure is what you, what you help me get. I thought you'd open her. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, if I still got the... <laughs> uh, I certainly hope so. <laughs> he sort of thumps you and <laughs> gives you up. Sorry. Dolphins a rat scallion. Rat scallion. All right. You hear a uh, carriage pull up outside. Good chunk. Okay. All right. Um, I get. I, Do you want me to go get your uh, old lady? Yep. And I. He wanders off and goes to knock them. Merchant off. clothes. Get in. Put my armor on. Gear up. Blah. Okay. Gear up. You open the door, and uh, Eladra has sort of just followed behind and caught up with the group to see. Russell Hale in Iron Guard armor, seated at the front of a very large bus-sized carriage with four horses pulling it, including, of course, eggs and bacon. Yes. 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 He's, he sort of turns to the side and says, I've been promoted. There's a lot to talk about, but we should get moving. I don't think I'm subtle in this street. <laughs> Jump right. in. Let's go. Do you grab a ladra? Yeah, I'll lash her in the. Th- I give her a glass of wine and push her into the carriage. She, she actually would. She turn it away. Need it. Yeah, oh, good. She gets Great. in the carriage. Great. Um, and shortly after the door is shut, you haven't even seated, and the cart gets moving. Um, 
I say cart. This is like, you know, big stagecoach transportation vehicle. And it's transportation specifically for equipment. And the thing you notice straight away, there's like lots of cupboards and boxes, crates and shelves. There's like a big side door that sort of would slide open, but that's not the way you got in. You got in the rear directly. But this is a, a cargo carriage for the military. So it's a, you know, an, a grey guard, iron guard, cargo carriage. But... um it seems to have copious compartments, and this is probably by choice because you could fit in them. And there's lots oh. of equipment in the cart, but it seems that uh, Russell's probably pulled some strings in order to, you know, make sure that there's a way to get in there. And by the time you're sort of reaching the edge of town and, and start turning and driving out, he opens up his window. It's quite a big one, and there's a couple of seats sort of immediately behind him, and then you can sort of climb through if you want to just sit in a more relaxed fashion. So it says, interesting to be seeing your faces again. You know, <laughs> when I met you, well, the second time in Cragmouth at least, I was expecting to all but lose my job and be sent to the f- furthest reaches. Funnily enough, two or three days later, I've had the promotion I've been working for for my whole life and now I don't want to touch. And yet, seems like it could be useful. You need to get into Geldervale. Subtly, to save a girl. And now a young lad, I believe. I can get you in there. I've been promoted, as you can tell, to an iron guard and stationed in Geldervale. Seems you have some connections or strings have been pulled. I suspect Melder is part of this. But um, it's also worth mentioning uh, I... Don't want it. Which is odd for me to say. You don't want the position. Well, driving away from the capital, I think the last hope in the systems of Greydale, as they have been, had burned with those buildings. And I don't know what you were doing, but I think I believe in it. Well, because I, I, because I can't believe in the things I used to. I can understand what it is like to have your whole world view turned upside down. <laughs> that I'm sure you can. And if I had any advice for you, I would give it. <laughs> well, um, try for something. How have you coped the last few weeks? Poorly. <laughs> Great. Well, I have a lot to look forward to then. Well, there's uh, many hours' journey ahead, but we should arrive before nightfall, enough to get settled in any end. And, of course, with the compartments, which I'd made sure to arrange and assist on getting the cargo there myself and safely, means we have enough space to uh, tuck a few souls away without having their equipment needing to be taken away as well. Well, there's a lot of planning to be done, and the road is probably one of the last places people will be able to eavesdrop on us, so it's worth doing some while we're here. And that brings me to a few things I, I think I could share that are of use. Not a lot. I don't quite understand what all of you uh, have been involved in directly, but I know what I have been, and that is, uh, well, on the Council of the King. Um, I am one of the councillors, not a high councillor, and only a very recent one, and met with, as you might imagine, quite a lot of animosity, um, being a, well, 
the first Phelan counselor, I suppose. But anyway, <clears throat> let me paint enough of a picture for you that hopefully you understand how things look from the top and then perhaps discuss a little bit about, about what you might expect or might be of help with Ainsley in Geldervale. So, first of all, the council has been slowly filled with uh, these utmost loyal to the king, zealots, the lot of them. There is still reason on the council, but a lot of people who heed his voice and, and blindly you know, shout it back out and amplify it. In particular, the supreme councillor, High Lord Adonius, and effectively, he's effectively the leader of the utmost loyal. They claim to not have a leader, or that their leader is the king, but, well, the king doesn't pay much mind to them other than to feel special from their praises and blind following. He would speak much to the king about the gathering of powerful resources for months earlier than now, and now in hindsight, it makes a little more sense to me, and with much discretion. I have heard in recent days about the declaration of the king's gathering of magical conscripts. I believe High Lord Adonius is behind this. He is known to have unparalleled influence on the king. That is at his right hand, and on his left, Supreme Commander Regina, antagonistic towards myself at first as I entered, uh, being Phelan. For months she had been trying to oust me from the council, insisting having a Phelan on the council was unwise. There were some Phoenicians and Gradens on the council that insisted that a wider demographic spread would expand his reach and influence and understanding, which I uh, can understand how they would use that descriptor. Anyway, other councillors and commanders were mixed in their opinion of my joining, but I believe Regina is behind the push to all-out war. I believe they are both, in combination, the reason behind the king's recent actions and deteriorating behaviour. It's no surprise, of course, that in the last week I was kept from attending any council meetings and my voice was entirely shut out. So I guess some people got what they wanted in the end. But there were some reasonable high councillors, particularly from Thunisia, a few compassionate, powerful women who had been responsible for much of the prosperity and pro productivity in trade in Greydale, enough to at least will command even the king's ear and respect. Begrudgingly, at the end of the day, if it prospers his kingdom and his purses, then he will <laughs> heed them. I, I felt I might be able to make an impact, find common ground that Greydale and Felmore could share, but then everything fell apart at the seams, of course. That's at a surface level all that I can share that might be useful to your understanding or connections. But then we have Ainsley. Well, before we move on... Oh, of course. You have questions? The king. Well, I don't think anyone here has met him, of course. It's What's he like? Vain, in a word. He thinks of himself, and only himself thinks of how he wants to be seen, wants to be seen, 
Mm, but vain people are easily swayed. All it takes is the right twist of logic to make someone think something's their idea or that they truly want something that is not good for them in the end anyway. I'm, that is the king. I'm glad to hear it. How hey. so? Well, with all of what's been going on recently with magic and twisting of minds, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply and hearts and metal and stone, everything. It was easy to believe for a moment while you were talking about Adonius and Regina that maybe the king himself had been pulled under their sway. But... Oh, don't get me wrong. He's a bastard. He's behind, <laughs> at the end, a lot of... Well, all, everything that's been done. Because he did it. But there are many others who use their influence for ill... And so that's why I said I'm glad, because it's much easier to hate someone who deserves to be hated. Indeed. Roll a perception check, everyone. Challenge level three. I got four. Oop. This aberrant dice is upsetting me. You have yeah, one dice that's dice. different to the oh, rest, yeah, but almost the same. <laughs> I don't know where he's come from. It's rolled a six three times, though, so maybe keep it. Brick doesn't notice. Catalina and Dalvin, perhaps they're both facing the same direction and Brick is sitting on the other side of a large rod, but there is a pony out in the field as you're driving through that you recognise as sausage. <gasps> and it's just grazing on his own. Wait. That's, that's my Stop. lad's pony. Stop the car. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Stop the cart! For, for what? Free pony. Uh, uh, <laughs> You're an odd bunch, the lot of you. Any I go to open the back door. Of what are you doing? Says Stop Russell. the cart! I'm not stopping the cart, it's a pony. There are many grazing in the fields. It's our pony, though. Right. Why do you yes. want to... We bought it. We could buy a cheaper, better one in Geldervale. Yeah, but that's sausage. Uh, I'm sorry, you're what? You're missing the point. It's Mikey's pony. Right, it's Mikey's pony. The kid that got kidnapped. They could it have might... evidence, could have a lead. Thank you. Well, I Stop the funnily, funnily enough, what you just said, he's like, he's considering, he's like, hmm. Well, if the pony must be investigated. <laughs> and then he's like, military logic, like, very well. Evidence pony. Right. <laughs> he's like, pulls on the reins and. Calls to the horses. It takes a bit to stop this car. Yeah, so okay. it's like it takes a good few minutes to eventually come to a rest. The po- the evidence- Go gather the evidence, pony. The evidence is why, <laughs> the evidence is 100% what Kat said. That's why I definitely wanted to get the pony. It's the evidence. I, I'll, I'll jump out of the I'll get out too. The cart. Um, is there a chance we've got like oats or carrots or something on us? I'm not transporting horse feed. I'm transporting porting highly sensitive military instruments and five stowaways. Okay. 
Okay. I'm inclu- All right. Did I include myself in that? <laughs> sort of wonders. I understand you feel very strongly about ponies. There's barely enough room for the pony to scamper in. You sort of like. Wait, what oh, are you oh, doing? I'm not taking it with. You're not taking it with. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, no, he's going to tie it to the goddamn oh. cart. He's going to. You the- think you'll keep up for this? That's a I long fucking journey. I was just going to look at the yeah, pony. Surely we're only moving it. Like, do you tell me what pace. you want to do with the pony? Okay, I I go out of the cart and I carefully approach. This pony is like eating the grass. Cool. Does yeah. he freak out as I? Grass no, it. he's no, pretty chill. Right. I go up to him and give him a little pat on his. his he signals you. He's like, I got grass. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> his voice. Yeah. Um, Hello. <laughs> I want to have a look just around him and see if I can notice anything at mm, all. You notice a pony. Yeah. Great. Is there is anything he on him? No. Okay. Has he got any evidence of scuffage, markage, anything? Nope. It's a pony. Is it definitely sausage? It is definitely sausage. All right. I think we should. Um, is there other ponies in the field with it? Other horses? I should no, say. he's just sort of wandered Aww. around. He's found a bit of feed. He's eating the grass. Get him to the cart and we'll tie him on. He'll easily be able to keep up with us because there's four four horses dragging a big cart and he's got nothing to carry. I lead him over to the. It car. is a long journey. I give him a big rub. And he's a long sausage. He's <laughs> <laughs> got long sausagey pony oh, legs. See how he copes. <laughs> time to right. The well, this is your pony. I'm uh, having nothing to do with this. A time to the car. Well, maybe. Well, how far away from town are we? From Geldaval? No, from the town we just left. Oh. Oh, half an hour. You'd have to double back and you wouldn't get to Geldaval before nightfall. We're taking the pony. <laughs> we'll, 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 just, we'll just see what... We could stable him in um, Bakerberry. Bakersbury. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Let's do that. If well, he gets tired. He should last a few hours. Very well. Time on. Jump back in. Okay, let's see how he fares <laughs> on the Oh, my God, he gets Bakerbury. a one. He gets a five. Oh, buddy. Let's, we'll see how that pays, <laughs> plays out. I feel like that's going to be we need to station him at Baker's Bakerberry <laughs> rather than, you know. Yeah. All right, so everyone's back at the cart. Takes another few minutes to get the, the thing rolling again, but eventually the cart gets rolling again. Are we all ready to continue our conversation? Says Elijah yes, sort of sheepishly. I, uh, I apologise. That was, uh, yeah, anyway. Oh, uh an important pony is obviously in these lands an important thing. Well, is that an important pony? The, the, the most important pony that when, you'll ever know. When you get a child a pony, you can't exactly let their <laughs> pony run away, can you? Elijah turns to Brick and says, Do you understand their customs yet? I do not understand anybody's customs except my own. I hoped I could at least lean on some of your on-the-ground experience to explain some of this to me. Regardless, <laughs> shall we continue our conversation? Right, yes. Where did you want to pick up? The king or moving on to Ainsley? You can go to Ainsley. That's the more pressing issue. Very well. I think one thing you might find interesting that it only just occurred to me could be perhaps used to your advantage in some way, your creative thinkers. He owns what we call the Collidetras. Now, Brick would recognise this as a large spyglass. But in specific, the most advanced 
and largest telescope in, well, Santa. Built in Felmore, we prize ourselves on our glasswork and the Colle de Trust is how we, um, well, a military man, you surely have some experience to share. They were they were basically city spotters as far as like, because there's like this whole chain of mm-hmm. of cities all along the river and the trade between originally the, the Coldish Crown and Felmore. It's how they could communicate almost instantaneously across vast distances with them focused and positioned to be able to communicate across towns and pass from one to the so other. So these are a system. There's not just one, there's multiple. Yes, like but they're usually system. fixed yeah, because yeah, yeah. they're built to be very specifically focused and targeted. It is a sort of signaling system that can be used between outposts for very, very quick communication. Now... It is very expensive, as you would imagine, even in Felmore. So it's one of his proudest trades. On top of this, it has been altered somewhat and enhanced with Barwon engineering. It's mounted on top of the public area of the Noble Towers, and obviously Geldervale having quite high towers. This is prime positioning for, as he described it, viewing of the races. She rolls her eyes and says he described liking to watch his bets sweat as they worked to earn his money as he gambled. He took pride in how closely you could see the spy run, but in particular how it could actually follow it. This is no small feat. The dials, the control that his Collidatras in particular had to enable really fine movement of such a large expensive device over such vast distances to be steady well I would be very surprised if he owned anything that was more valuable and yet it's not private because of where it has to be positioned so he has used this to gain advantage and and station in the city Uh, basically sequestered the top of the top tower to be for him and his more noble friends, and of course the Iron Guard. It is how he has been able to be accessible to the most favoured nobles and be seen as the most favourable noble in Geldervale. And of course, it has its uses for the military, so it has given him deep connections within the Guard itself. He reserves it exclusively for the week of the Spire Run. That is the arrangement that has been made for it to be usable to the public, but I say public in a manner of speaking. In effect, it is for those he chooses that he deems worthy of being his public. I wonder if that includes your, well, his current squeeze. I don't know. My suspicion might be, and the more I think about it, he must be in hiding. I can't imagine that Dariet would be visible, but assumed dead. Well, you said, I don't know. I don't know how useful this is. We break it. Is, is Russell... Or use it. Is Russell listening to this conversation, or has he got the... I'd say, yeah, he's listening. Um, 
Russell, do you know anything about this? Oh, the look, the giant looking glass on the top of the tower. I think I've heard something about that. Uh, it seemed all very frivolous to me, a bit higher level than I well, was. Okay. Does it happen to have a good line of sight on Ainsley's personal accommodation? Well, it doesn't have a line of sight into the tower itself. To be honest, I'm surprised he brags about its use in the Spire Run. Its focus and magnitude is such that it's, in my thoughts, impractical. I think it's more useful for far greater distances. Cities across. Iron Spire? This is all very interesting, but I don't see how this helps us get Dayla. But I do want to break it. Well... (laughs) Perhaps that's it. I don't know. That's. I don't know how you can use the information I can give you. All I can give you is the, the information I have. Um, you said that it's infused with Sparrowan engineering. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, it is mounted on some rather complicated and delicate contraptions. It took years to build. Hmm. It was very it would be a shame if something were to happen to it. Well, I suppose that, uh, I, I guess, was my implication. Um, you see, to people like Ainsley, someone like Medela is just a thing. An item of value, or not, depending on what it can gain him. I truly believe if he is who you say he is, and knowing how he conducted his trades in past and seeing him in negotiations, well... A trade is but one thing for another. Perhaps it would have some sway. I don't know. Destroy his mirror as a backup plan. We've got that as a threat. If we can get the pieces in place. And, um... You know, maybe we might need that bargaining chip if negotiation <clears throat> becomes what we talk about. And destroying it would, by the sounds of it, destabilize some advantages. The grade and army have in being able to use it perhaps and I might be able to see onto the balcony in Cragmouth see if old Collar's getting his collars <laughs> up or if he's having a good time well given the given the nature of the device it would be quite easy <laughs> uh, that is a con- disconcerting thought now that I think about it further perhaps Someone might see things they would want to turn the dials and look away from, <laughs> if you understand my meaning. Can I have a little peek out the side and see how uh, Sausage is doing? Okay. You see Bakerbury ahead, mm-hmm. you turn mm-hmm. back, and Sausage is just like now being sort of just oh, no. pulled by the halter and just sort of barely keeping up. Oh. But uh, he's struggling. Oh, <laughs> he's dear. like panting and like, like trying to yank away when he can. So he's starting to get a little bit frantic. Uh, Delvin? I kind of get you to have a look. Oh, all right, we're almost at Bakersbury, right? I well, call out. About uh, 15 minutes ahead, yes. Make it half an hour. Can you go half pace? The pony's going to get fucking killed. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. That shouldn't eat him well. Uh, transport time too much. We'll, we'll stable it here and Thank you. let it recover, and then we can come back for it if we need to. I see. There is the matter of you all being... You'll stable it here. (laughs) 
very well. I've never stabled a pony before. It shouldn't be too difficult. <laughs> Just give them the coin, they'll do their job. It does not eat much. Try not to emerge from the carriage. Won't do. Okay. I make a good cob loaf here. You pull into Bakerbury, and uh, much like Cragmouth, it's pretty busy. There's a lot of people passing through. I think people sort of take their time as they sort of go through these towns. It's this ritual of the pilgrimage to the Spire Run viewing, mm-hmm. and many people view it from the start of the race. A lot of people view it from the towers of Geldervale, but that's usually the direction that people go in. Mm-hmm. Um, some even probably hole up in, in uh, Bakerbury. But, uh, I mean, we don't need to spend too much time with the pony. The, t- the pony gets stabled. Great. Uh, <laughs> uh, Russell gets the name of the, the place he gets it put in and says mm-hmm. he's got it in there for a week. Um, gives you the details, made the payment, and comes back with a basket of different <gasps> items of food. Oh, Very nice. So sort of dumps it in and says, I have rations. Oh. Let's proceed. A little tart in his hand or something as well. Like he's got. He's like, I've eaten my rations. <laughs> you enjoy your rations. The journey progresses. I'll fast track the next leg of the journey, except to say there are two things you notice. One, on the journey, especially as now you're sort of beside the river as you travel, you gather that heading away. And this is Russell's observation. He sort of points this out. There are quite a number of high-level military carriages heading in the opposite direction towards the capital. This just sort of happens throughout the course of the, you know, five, six-hour journey. It's also sort of noticed and pointed out in various ways that there is a lot of cargo heading upstream, heading in the direction you guys are, much at a much slower pace, but quite a lot of these sort of platforms rigged up to chains and all this stuff, large cargo barges being pulled upstream slowly on these um, barrowing mechanisms. What's the cargo? You don't know. Okay. Sort of like what's, what are those what are in the shipping containers? It's just <laughs> a lot of cargo. Um, and then I'm going to say about an hour and a half away from the city, everyone feels this the earthquake it's happening again and the whole carriage is starting to shake have you you felt sort of some tremors before but this is a bit shocking like the horses sort of slowly come to a halt and one of them starts to sort of freak out bacon is struggling um and the the cart is shaking and it's kind of amplified by all the things that are dangling and, and in compartments and this and that and everyone's sort of you know Obviously, quite surprised. Um, it's a it's a big, big shake, and it goes for a good forty seconds, like a long time, mm-hmm. and then it starts to die out. And Russell says, "Well, that was unexpected." Again, did you all feel the ones a week ago or so? Yeah, yeah, we did. Strange. Not only the king of flames with big power. He sort of steps off and starts to calm one of the horses. I I have a question for you, Delvin. Have you ever attempted to sense anything while it's happening? While it's happening? Um, no, but I feel I've only been able to sense a smaller range and 
more what's close to me, so I never bothered. It's just a thought, maybe. Hmm. Well, it's too late now. <laughs> so, you know, the horses are resettled, everyone gets back on and, and the cart gets moving. And about an hour and a half later, you see the lighting up city of Geldervale and you're passing the evening drums have sort of come to a halt by the time you reach those outer fields where people do their morning exercises and their uh, a lot of their horsework. Um, but there is quite a lot of traffic heading in. And there is a checkpoint up ahead, or at least there would be, uh, until Russell turns about 400 metres ahead of the checkpoint and starts heading into the military, military district, district directly. Start climbing into our cabinets, I think. You're in my mind, he says. I'll have a larger into hers first. While you have uh, a few minutes, it might be worth looking around to see if there's anything useful in there, because when we get unloaded, a few things might go missing. It was a bumpy journey after all. Mm. I'd like to have a look and see if there's anything useful yeah, in there. Yeah, I would also like to assist or look in my cabinet. Go for it. What are we rolling? I'm going to roll a Destiny one for this one. Mm-hmm. Ah! I'll take it. That was a tw- that was a twenty. <laughs> that was a twenty. It was. No, do you want to re-roll it? I actually, I'm okay with that. Yay! Yay! I'm gonna, I want this for you. Yay! What do you want? <laughs> let's put it that way. This is a high... Go- <laughs> okay. Let's wind it back in the time period in the world that we're in. But this is a high-grade military carriage. Russell was in charge of loading it up. Didn't know what to expect, but also had the pull to put stuff in this carriage. And it, oh, right. pretty much all of it's here. So a bolt-action wand rifle. Yeah, no, that's not there. Okay. Uh, keep, Sorry. Keep, a little less. Keep going. Maybe this is the easiest way with a 20 to go. I want mining charges. I wouldn't say mining charges, which are much more large scale Explosives. as far as like pulling things apart. But I'm going to say there would be like charges that are used to burst down locked steel doors and, and safes and stuff. Stumps. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so there are definitely some explosive charges in there. I would like to Ye take old dynamite. Because you said that's a very delicate. If we place them all around the bottom of the thing, <laughs> yeah. we'll like blow it off. Okay. Could be, yeah. So I'm going to give you one each. Okay. I hand mine immediately off to Delvin. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know how to use okay. it. Delvin's okay. got three. Yep. What are you guys looking for? I have my dream. I am honestly just looking at them, critiquing them. You're not even there. Is a, there is a mace. I just want to point that out. <laughs> I, I almost said I was going to find a mace and head it to him. <laughs> I, I suggest, um, <clears throat> should we grab any equipment for anyone we might want to arm? Weapons are outlawed, so if we had a few weapons, then we can get some mercenaries. I don't know. Just a thought. <laughs> Is there any oversized armor? Yes. <laughs> It's a fucking 20. <laughs> Russell knew who was going to be in the carriage. It probably wasn't in the shop because he got it in the carriage. Yeah. What, have, what have we got? What are my choices? Uh, Is that dude whose hand you cry? <laughs> the previous guy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to say it's grey guard armour because yeah. it's realistically what would be in this carriage. But it's like, you know, for the mountain. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Is there anything that I could... Not entirely inconspicuous, inconspicuously hide underneath my clothes. 
Well, the, okay, when I say grey guard armour, you could break it down a little bit. You don't have to take all the points of armour, and I could say you could take one point where the breastplate and sort of cover up with your... You could got robes and stuff. Yeah, okay. Otherwise, your, everything else would be invisible. You, you'd just look like you have a bit more of a pot belly. Why don't you load up? Have you got endurance? Yeah. Why don't you just wear it? It would be Surely. visible as grey guard armour, or it would have to be an infiltration check. Yeah. So that's what it comes down to. He can definitely wear it, but he also will be noticed if he's mm. looked at. <laughs> I put it on. Yeah, I look. I'll take one point. I'll, I'll go a. I'll go a breastplate okay. if I can get it underneath my clothes. We'll give you breastplate and a couple of leg plates. Yep. Um, but otherwise, that's the that's the most you can do and maintain the visage yeah, yeah. that you have and not take a negative. The cart is not searched, and eventually it oh. comes to a halt. Oh, Jen wanted something. I didn't get to pick anything. What you get? What do you want? I want something specifically that I can set on fire and either throw or aim. So, for example, like a bow and arrow that I could set the arrow on fire or figure out how to do that, or like Molotov cocktails, for example. I'd Grab say the medical supplies because they'll have antiseptic <laughs> that would potentially be made. Is there a first aid kit? <laughs> Just it's like they have bombs. They don't have medical supplies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say there's a short crossbow, like a small crossbow, and there's a few cool. other sort of ranged things. Um, and there are different arrows and bolts, but you could, in theory, take some of the flame arrow ends and put them on the crossbow bolts if you wanted to light the end of a crossbow bolt. Okay. But it wouldn't, because of the weight distribution, it wouldn't go super far. Yeah, that's, but you'd, you'd that's be able to. Cool. The idea is that, like, if we, I don't know, had, like, a line up to something, we could shoot it from far away Just and then no Take one... it if that, take yep. what you can get. Cool. I will take <laughs> what is there. Can uh, we grab a handful of swords as well? Just you can have a handful weapons. of swords. What are okay. you going to do with them? <laughs> potentially, uh, if we can get, because weapons are prohibited. So if we can potentially hire like a bunch of poor people who, or just like mercenaries, I don't know if they are grey guard swords because they might be, they might be done in for impersonating or possession of. Yeah, but it might be arms. like come to this location, do the job. We provide the equipment, leave it. Maybe, yeah. Look, it's, I mean, you've got taking. them as an option. Yeah. So but. you you can sort of basically get a, a big sack that yeah. and sort of roll it all up four, like it's a big chunk of carpet, number. and you got it. Yep, yeah, got a handful four of swords. swords and knives or whatever. No worries. How many arrows would you say? I'll give you a dozen. Cool. That Thanks. you can carry without it being a problem. Thanks. And a quiver. Cool. Okay. But it's all sort of concealed at this point. And that's as much as you can do concealing it. And got large uh-huh. bag of supplies. And the back of the cart opens. Russell looks at you all like, well, you certainly took the invitation to heart. Good to see. But we're going to have to move quickly. The glimmering flask. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? That is correct. Follow me. Why are we going there? For our staff. Uh, oh, up, sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they also have an AR-15. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> he walks out and you're actually only like four buildings across. So he's picked, he's gone through the military district and then he's actually gone through town a little bit until he ended up in the area. This is sort of bordering the Venetian uh, sort of, what would you call it, political district um, and near the theatre district. So it's sort of a higher end place. Um, and he takes you through some uh, sort of a path that's really, really direct and avoids too much eyes and suspicion, um, gets you to the building and says, I'm afraid you're on your own from here. I have to do a bit of checking in, but maybe I'll find a place this evening to grab a drink and might bump into then. 
Farewell. He sort of nods Thank and you. briskly yes. heads off. the place that he might find to go between. He's, you're standing in front of All a right. tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so right. he walks cool. off. All right, and you're literally standing in front of the glimmering flask. I'm very stressed. I can't remember who was supposed to meet it's, you. At this point, it's dark. Um, it's not night time, but it almost is. Um, and there's a bit of activity inside the building. Are you opening up? Yeah, let's go. Doors open and sitting three tables in, fairly center, centrally positioned, is a young Venetian lady who you know by the name of Satra. Oh. And she, her eyes widen immediately as you open the door and she goes, she stands, she says, it's good to see familiar faces. Follow me, I have a room. And she walks, leads you. Catalina kind of goes, oh, maybe we should have put on a bit of disguise, maybe. Oh, oh, God. oh no. <laughs> Whoops. So walking through the tavern, and when she says a room, she didn't mean a, a living room. She walks through a few until it's sort of more of a conference room and sort of has the door locked and drinks are actually in there. Um, welcome. And right on time. Mm. The evening of the sixth day. Um, when are you expecting this confrontation with Ainsley? How many days did you say? Seven tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I see. And seven day, And at this point, Eladra sort of steps in and says, understanding the way Ainsley would schedule his trades, he would have meant it very literally. What time did you meet him? It was the evening. It was after our dinner. Yeah. So tomorrow evening. Good, that buys us some time, says Satra. A little bit, but a little is enough. You're here. By the way, she looks at Catalina with like a bit of a glint in her eyes. She says, I know I said that I would expect that ring back, but you seem to have grown accustomed to it very quickly. Or the necklace, I should say. The necklace and the rings. Kelly looks down a bit shyly. You put um, that to use in the city, did you not? Ha, 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 ha. I heard that it was the King of Flames that set that fire. Yes. He had nothing to do with it. Indeed. But really, though. Catalina gives a big, like, <laughs> like, a, like that really cheesy wink. Wow. It took me some time to get a handle on that thing. I think you should keep a gift from the mother. Speaking of gifts from the mother, mm. we should get straight to, straight to business. <clears throat> she sort of walks around the table and sits on the other end and invites you all to sit. Cool. Out she pulls a chest about the same size as the chest that was originally used in the trade uh, that Rick and Delvin oversaw in their initial travels in Chapter Zero, available to patrons. Uh, same size, not the same make, but she unlatches, unlocks, and then opens and opens up the chest and pulls out a really interesting, ornate, and very old-looking object. I think we were rather convincing, but the funny thing is the time it took was... Well, the forgery was, you know, no small feat... But it's what it can do that is going to be most useful. 
Now, the item, the original that Ainsley wanted, possessed quite a strong piece of power that is very useful to our cause. And this, while it does not possess the power, it has the ability to, let's say, act as a conduit for power, to hold, at least temporarily. It cannot channel, it cannot use, but it can, for lack of a better word, transport. Specifically, the way this has been engineered upon the death of the holder. Whatever magic is within that person who holds it, if it is aimed close enough to their heart or, well, to their essence, it will pull from them the loose magic that will then be released upon their death and be obtained in its entirety within this device. This is the device we would want returned. We are somewhat flexible. There are two people, Ainsley himself, who we know has the ability to alter one's perception of the world around them, or his masked associate. We haven't fully confirmed what their power is, but we know it brings them much fortune. Now this, I hope, is of interest to you for a number of reasons, mainly because of what you can learn from it. If you truly do share the magic that the mother has, well, her ability to do this is one of the most precious gifts we have. Magic... It's a strange science, if it could be called that. It can be frozen. It can be triggered. It can be manipulated in ways that are delicate and difficult. And the mother is very powerful enough to be able to... Well, she looks at the scepter. But if you share that power, it might be worth learning because it is the most useful thing to our cause and the thing that will, well, in this arms race, give us the power to unseat those who have it un and use it unjustly. I would very much like to learn. And part of that is what this whole Ainsley business is, is Ainsley's taken my time. He's taken the ticking clock, so to speak, that um, takes our attention means I don't have the liberty to explore these things until the guillotine drops. Would you like a demonstration? Would it help? Well, that's a question for you. Tools are tools. Sh sure. May I? She indicates for the, the necklace oh. and the rings. Yeah, sure. And the moment she puts them on is up, clicks and holds the flame. If you're so willing, I'm going to attempt to shoot. Well, not attempt. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to shoot a spark. It's going to travel. And if you can capture it and put it within something, perhaps she looks around and sort of like sees a stick, small twig that's clung to her dress, sort of pulls up into something like this 
it can be held and then released. The spell has been cast. She, she indicates. Mm. When I do this, I have done my work. It is pulled from my essence. If you use yours, you aren't doing my initial magic, but you can stop it in its tracks and decide when those tracks pick up again. Are you ready? All right. Well, I'm nervous to do this. Just challenge of a one. And she throws a little... It's like a very specifically shaped... almost looks like an arrow in midair, but it's sort of moving in slow motion. She just lets it go. Nice. Okay, success. Oh, having two mana is so good! <laughs> okay. You, in midair, you feel it. You feel it travelling through the air. You don't feel the fire per se, but you feel something in energy and fractures and fragments of almost life that's coaching it and moving it and controlling that you feel like you can tell to stop and can can manipulate, can mould to put somewhere. So that will like launch out like how would that so you while you're holding it mm. and it's sort of like it's sort of weirdly changing its shape it's almost like surrounded by this misty weird shield thing to be frozen in place and she says it will only continue exactly as it took off the moment you release it but you must place it in something and then at a separate separate time tell it to be released now it will, will be the same effort by which you captured it so it was a little firebolt going straight forward but slowly and she's when I, sort of gl- gently gliding and when i release it once it's obtained okay so you can embed so this, this thing you could oh i i like delvin um sees the thing sees the stick looks at catalina and then just pulls this energy and just forces it into the crossbow and it absorbs into the tip, right where the aim, the... like the aiming reticule. So the her, if I oh, really, I see. so if she basically went like and lined it up and was like, I have the target, I could go and it would shoot a bolt of fire yeah, out. And of she it. wouldn't have to. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it embeds into like the very front. You like hold it into the targeting thing, mm. and almost like embedding it, positioning in a way that you know, upon the moment you tell it to release, which is going to cost another. One okay. point of mana. Like, oh, one An attempt, yep. yep. Uh, it will release in a slightly upwards direction that if a bolt is charged, it's going to pull through and capture that flame. Please don't miss. <laughs> You're the one aiming. You did it. You. Oh, already did it. Okay. She, she's like looking at it like... So it was like a slow bubble yeah. floating. I like pulled it down gently and... It's, <laughs> she catches her breath. She's like... I had hoped you were being truthful, and of course we placed our trust in you, but I am glad to see that trust is well placed. I, a glorious thing to see someone even other than the mother be able to do that. It's a thing of beauty. It's actually the way we have been able to study what this all is. The, the ability to capture and maneuver and control so that we can truly look at it. Well, then I'm an investment worth protecting then. Of course. Well, this was no easy feat, you understand. And no small feat of magic. 
I appreciate it. But Kat, I like that for two reasons. One, you can fire your bolts as planned, but if things go awry, it's a backup. But two, someone looking down the barrel of an unloaded crossbow is just going to laugh. Oh, I should point out, it will only pick up exactly at the speed at which it was... Yeah, which is like... So it's not very fast. But she only released it It was gliding. Fast. It was like... Because she was giving you the chance to catch it. It was like a... Okay, okay. Low, so so what will, use is this magic? Well, it, well, the way I described it was if she has a bolt that has like a flammable tip and you released it, oh, then okay, she so could shoot it and it would catch. Oh, yeah. So, so it would so have it's going to light your bolt. Yeah, exactly. Without you but needing to light bolt, it. Like, if you wanted it to be like a pew, like a thing. No, then, I was picturing too much Kylo be, Ren. Yeah, okay. But maybe when we level up, that could be a... Because you got fire. Anyway, she let it go in a way that was traveling in a specific way. But <gasps> the magic was acting in a certain way and you captured that. We have got to survive so we can get cat to like channel fire magic into your <laughs> weapon and then you can do like we can do combo moves and you can yeah. like swing down and then release the fire wave when the idea of fire magic first came up i actually had this really cool idea of having a second weapon like a, a phantom flame weapon to mm. distract people while i fought with my actual weapon because they'd be keeping their eyes on the thing that's burning coming towards them when my actual weapon took their head off. Yeah, that's really cool. We'll get you there. (laughs) It'll be teamwork. It makes the dream work. Now, in the interest of arming you with as much information on your adversary as possible, it is worth letting you know that there is something of a prior business understanding between Ainsley and Amar that is no longer. You see, Ainsley and Amar used to work together, begrudgingly, at least from Amar's part. There are unfortunate costs when it comes to the access to such delicate and secretive things. And while she objected to his deceptive tendencies, he had access to old artifacts she knew the true value of. She would use her power to imbue his false trades to maintain their authenticity away from his presence. In exchange for these items, he gained priceless art and further trust and connections with Felmore. She gained access to ancient knowledge and power. The latest trade, the one I believe you verified, Catalina, was the last time that she lent this service. He had grown suspicious of her pursuits and discovered, once the trade was enacted, that the artifact contained a type of magic that now he greatly desired and tried to reverse the trade. They have since become adversaries. Neither can progress their goals while the other creates resistance. Now, of course, you've seen Hainsley's goals in full swing. It is an ugly thing, and we are on your side to defeat it. Our higher goal is, of course, the king himself. Ainsley has a circle of influence that reaches the king's council. It placed Iladra on the council. I suspect to get to the heart of, well, those dear to her. It has also surely placed many of his watches in places of his interest. Ahmad has worked to have some influence on the council herself, but it is a battle, especially against people like Ainsley and such a corrupt system. 
However, we have a victory. <laughs> you see, High Daughter Sienna has been, as of two days ago, brought onto the High Council of Iron Spire. We're on the inside now. But with this comes the confirmation that war is imminent. The king's madness is growing. And he is proclaiming that he will soon be the very flame that rains from the skies and consumes all enemies in his kingdom. So our fears are heightened. And time is of the essence. There is one last thing. And I hope, given our conversations and the trust exchanged so far, you are willing to work with us to see our ghost through to the end. She pulls out a circlet. Simple, elegant, slightly flourished, sort of metallic chrome with a touch of gold. It's limited in its power because, well, the nature of what you and the mother can do only has the use in as much as the initial magic could be extended to. But this contains Melba's power, specifically communication with Melba. Perhaps two or three opportunities to communicate with her should be at any time or any place, really, but depending on the distance or how much the magic has to work to reach her, it might not last very long. However, the idea is, as we work together moving forward, there might come a critical time where uh, one needs to reach the other, and if it is worn, that is how it can be done. Simply triggered by the word Karash. I'm afraid that is all I have for you all, but it is more than we have given any outside of our inner circle. So I certainly hope it is all of you. I hope so too. Although, unfortunately, a whole lot of this fancy plot relies on us surviving tomorrow. Well, that comes down to you all. Be careful with that. She's like eyeing the scepter. Like the original... If it gets in the wrong hands, that is a problem. It would require someone being able to do what you or the mother can do, but surely there are more, and it would still be an extremely valuable item, even without its magic. Well, can someone take the magic out on the other side, or only the mother? Well, anyone with the shared power, but only really... To the power... That the, of the extent we suspect Ainsley or his masked friend has, someone with a mother's power would need to release it. My my medi- mechanical brain is just like, okay, so if you have the equivalent amount of dots as what the magic yeah, yeah. is stored in there, <laughs> yeah. you can probably attempt to pull it <laughs> yeah. out. So if there's like three dots in there, yeah. you can't get three dots out. I will be here for the next few days. And I hope to see you all soon and alive and well. We can plan moving forward. But we also expect, of course, that to be back in our hands. Right. With one or the other. Ainsley or his friend. Good luck. I have a question. You know you know a lot. Do you know if his friend is a watcher? His friend? Ainsley's, the masked man. I would be surprised if any within his inner circle are not. Well, that's a weakness that will be very hard to exploit, but it is a weakness. Hmm. If in somehow we can get his token, 
It gives us a bit of leverage if they're still playing by the code, but I don't know that they are. Mm. Worthy of owning and worthy of being owned. So, in some capacity, as a watcher myself, if I was to take it, not that I, I think, I don't think this is realistic, but it's worth putting everything on the table. If I was to take his token or somehow get it, he would, by the code, be beholden at least, well, actually to my commands rather than Ainsley's, but I doubt they're following it. Yes, interesting you say that. I'm, I know we have some peripheral connection and awareness of some within the watch simply because of, well, you, you all lot are connected to all sorts. And in the high places, some are known to Amar. I don't think Ainsley... I don't think Ainsley is cut from the same cloth. No. He runs a different sort of code or shop to these people. There is no honour in Ainsley. But there is profit in living. So... You can make it clear enough to him that he will lose everything if he does not concede, or... Or you take the head and offer the same position to those who follow him as they've always had. You can keep making money just under a new management. Perhaps they don't like their management as it stands anyway. Exactly, so... Usually people like him hold their power through fear and manipulation and death and, well, horrible things. Let's just say in the watch, everyone's looking for that next promotion. Well, if that's uh, everything that we have to talk about, Satra, would you join us for a drink? I would be delighted. She walks out um, and into the tavern, which is sort of fairly bustling. Mm -hmm. um, You actually notice Russell is in there. Bit of time has passed. He's sort of come back. He's looking a little perturbed and he looks up to you all and he sort of fairly quickly stands up and sort of quickly shuffles across, across to you, looking directly at Catalina. Everyone's looking at me today. <laughs> I, um, I thought you might be interested in this message. As soon as I arrived and sorted out duties and aligned activities for the next few days, and well, there's a lot to arrange, but... Even more so, as it seems that there is a carriage of nine watchers that has been taken in for hanging, intercepted from a southern road. I delayed their trip to the gallows. I thought it might be prudent that their capture be unknown to those it's connected with, at least for a day or two. But uh, there was a stowaway. There were well, refugee, I suppose who is currently in the Thinician district. Catalina, like, swears under her breath. I think they found your father, Catalina. So we're leaving it for the <laughs> What do you want to do? <sighs> shit, 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 shit. What is that? I turn to Sartre and I say, I was so looking forward to your company tonight, but I'm afraid I have to leave. Uh, 
Fair enough. Say no more. I pull Delvin and Brick aside for two secs. Mm-hmm. It's a grip huddle. Um, and Russell as well, obviously. Um, and I say, I think Russell's, you said that my father is here. So you said that to Russell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's in the group huddle, it's yeah. It's like, what if his name is Alistair? Yes. So these watch were captured by the guard. Along the southern road, heading we, north. I'd say some information got to the right ears. That's good. What? Yesterday morning, as I hear. What do we do? Well, is anything going to happen to him? He'll be being settled currently, I believe. Catalina, I think you got to see your dad, right? Might be the last chance you ever get. Catalina's nodding, just for anyone who can't visually see. (laughs) And I might wonder if any of those watchers that might be going to hang are looking for a change of management and a trip off the gallows. I see. Very well. I shall escort you both. Brick, care to join or care to drink? I think it would be best if I stayed uh, as concealed as possible. As we've entered this city and Ainsley is probably on the lookout for us and we are not the most conspicuous bunch together. That is true. You probably should... I will get dressed up. Okay. A little bit of time passes, chance to sort of rug up and head out. And uh, he heads off, leading you both to where Elvin needs to go via the Thanissian district mm-hmm. where he sort of leads you to the embassy and off to one of the side buildings where there's just sort of a bunch of closing up management happening but people seem to be staying late to sort out a few things. And uh, he leads you in there and says, I believe this is the building. Uh, all the best. He seemed pretty shaken up when I saw him. Thank you. Follow me, Delvin. Do you Any? need that company? No, I'll... I'll be okay. All right. I'll go talk to the hanged men. And he leads Delvin off to the prison. What does Catalina do? You're standing in front of the door of this building. Lights glowing from the windows. Is And no one's out the front? No. No? I'll go straight But in. the door's ajar. I'll just go straight there. You wander in. It's yeah. a fairly empty room. It's a high vaulted ceiling with lots of stone on the walls and the echoing distant click-clack of steps and this and that. It doesn't take you long to see at the end of the room and on the side a fairly withered man got almost a shawl over his shoulders. His hands are shaking, withered, and he's holding a a hot cup. (laughs) And he's just sort of looking off into the distance of the ground in front of him. I'll approach him slowly. And just keep sort of staring at him, hoping he notices me before I notice him, because I'm not sure it's him. Like, yeah. I'm going to Destiny roll to see who's going to have to speak first. Oh! He rolled a 20. Well, you rolled a 20. He looks up, and his eyes latch to yours. 
like double take in a split second. And he blinks hard. And he looks. It's been five, six years. And he just slides to his knees. No. It can't be. He's got a beard that looks like it's trying to be a beard, but he's never grown a beard before. <laughs> Whiskered and grisly and not mm-hmm. working well. He's got hair that's long and withered. He looks aged far beyond what he should be. Mm-hmm. It can't be you. And he reaches up and his hand is shaking. You notice his hands look like they will never play the harp again. Gnarled yeah. and worked okay. to the bone. So Catalina's going to immediately run over and grab his hand. But it is, he says, he grabs. There's like a, both a firmness and a weakness as he grabs your hand. And he looks at you and he says, it is my caterpillar. You used to crawl out of the room when I was playing. My, you are quite the butterfly now. for the longest time that you were gone but as clear as day you're here in front of me these many years I have fought off death in the hope that I could see you again and now now I can die a happy man you I may never write a song again darling looks at his hands But you, you're so grown up. He holds his shaking hand up to your face. And you are my magnum opus. And he just falls into your arms. Mm. Give him a big old hug. And he feels a lump on his arm. And he's like, and there it is. (laughs) The harp. Yeah. Yeah. I pull it out for him. Oh, a treasure. Held by my treasure. This day. I thought this day would break me. Are there other people in the room with us? There are, I'm going to say there are a couple of people in the outskirts that have sort of slowed their walking. A few that have walked out thinking, okay, this isn't my scene. Okay, I, I'm going to lean in a bit closer to him to sort of not whisper, but just like so that no one can sort of hear what we're saying. And I say, I hope that that soon I can... I could show you everything that you've taught me. I thought about you every day. My darling, it is you and your mother that have kept me alive these long years. I am so glad to see you again. Give another hug. And I think that's where we're going to have to leave off this episode. No, I'm too emotionally attached yeah. now. <laughs> we can't set the town on fire, guys. Uh, sure we can. <laughs> Thank you all so much for watching this chapter. Oof, it's quite it's quite a <sighs> it's a terrifying and exhilarating and gratifying exercise to try and <laughs> be emotionally open and free to be able to do this stuff, but I love it. Uh, the patrons appeared, then they disappeared because my timing was no. off. But I want to thank the patrons for making all this possible. Are they going to start? They're going to start. Hey, there we go. <laughs> hey.
headbutts in. Hey. <laughs> the Dark Fox. Professor X. AJ Macy. Tickle Dope. Yeah, Petrus. It was the Aussie Arty Party. Aussie Arty Party. Oh, that's, oh, that's, nice. that's new. Thank you all so much for joining us. Yeah. Thanks. Right. Hey, season party finale. Time. Season we, finale. Well, I think we're going to have to call it season finale. Season finale. I think we should say we're going to, we'll confirm this next Patreon post uh, and on Discord but I'd like to see if we can start an hour earlier yeah. Yeah. and I'd like to basically just say, yep. let's go till we're done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let's do it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh yep. my gosh. Hey, oh my somebody. gosh. All right. If you don't know what our Patreon after party is, if you're a patron, you get to come hang out with us and ask questions after every it's live really campaign. It's really Discord really live chat. It's great. The yeah. only sadness I have if we're running overtime is that we get less of an after party. But we ha- actually haven't missed one. So we're we- not running overtime. Yeah. No, no, we're we get well. a proper hangout, which is great. So I'm always just aware of that because I'm like, oh, I'm after party. All right, thank you all for watching. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.